0: Dude, the, the guy, like, neck time, whatever he did. <laughs> did you see that through the Everton Newcastle? What the hell was that? It was <laughs>
1: uh, the size of the bolt cutters that they brought out. To... <laughs> actually,
0: I actually haven't seen
1: oh the, these famous
0: bolt cutters. Though.
1: Hold on. Hold on. Let I me... never
0: thought I'd be, be searching Twitter for bolt cutters, but, you know.
1: This is it's, 20, it's 2022. Generally... It's genuinely so funny because the. <laughs> hold on.
0: Oh, characters tweet is up first. How big are! Those <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna,
1: I'm gonna tag you in this. <laughs> This motherfucker looks like he's cutting barbed wire, barbed wire at Normandy. Like... <laughs> I mean, maybe it's scene a good of saving th- Private Ryan. Like,
0: <laughs> maybe it's a good thing that there are no sharp objects anywhere in the vicinity of of like this, you know, scene on the pitch. Like, nobody's got like a little, you know, razor blade or knife or anything like that. So. <laughs> They're <laughs> like a uh, meter too
1: long. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah, that was it was just too good. And I mean, hey, everyone, uh, wow, I, I, I'm taking that again. What the fuck was that? Do you speak English? It's
0: been been a while. It's been a while. Just stumbled out of the gates. Um,
1: (laughs) I got caught between hey and hello, you know? You ever do that? No, never. Wow, congrats. (laughs) (laughs) Never once. Never once in my life. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Two Red Gringos Season 8. And uh, it's your host Phil Baki. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Pat Staley. Pat, how uh, how are we doing? We uh, we're trying to hit preseason form in the smack dab in the middle of the season.
0: Now <laughs> yeah, we had a you know, a, a esque challenge hit us in the form of whatever mm. the hell last season was. Mm. Uh, but you know, we got we got our steam, and now you know a good run of games in. Uh, We got season eight in front of us, um, but we also got a hell of a season underway too. So it's uh, pretty good timing in my book.
1: Truly. Yeah. Well, I mean, for those of you who may have found either of us during our hiatus, you may be wondering like, what the hell is this? Uh, Me and Pat have been (laughs) doing this. I mean, it's essentially what got me into podcasting. And we uh, have been doing this for eight seasons now since 2014-15, 2014, 15, Halcyon days. Um, you can find uh, you can find the Twitter at Two raygringos Gringos, um, and you can find us on all the podcast platforms that you care to listen to. Um, so yeah, check us out. Um, favorite podcast? I think I think I can say this: we are the the favorite podcast of uh, Sam McGuire and and uh, Stephen Drennan, aka Babu Yagu. So um,
0: yeah. yeah, well. Yeah, they'll probably send us like a cease and desist after we said that and publish it but yeah, I mean yeah I think you know it's the people it's a people's podcast is what it is and both Sam and Baba were men of the people
1: absolutely absolutely heroes heroes of the people in fact I think um, well and I mean we have to we have to start things out as we always do I mean this podcast ultimately was brought together by hey a relationship that began in a bar well i guess on the internet but in a bar ostensibly so uh we start every episode by picking our poison um our favorite brews that we're gonna bring to the podcast so pat what are you uh what are you rolling with on this saint patrick's day i mean well first of all happy happy uh name name day is that a is that thing
0: you know, I'll take it. I'll take it. I don't. <laughs> I don't mind the fanfare. Actually, I welcome any and all fanfare. But uh, it's actually my dog's birthday too. So he turns ten. Happy birthday but
1: to Gatsby. The Saint
0: well, Happy birthday to Gatsby. The the Saint Patty's Day celebrations I think are pretty tame here in Mexico City, um, as are the Cinco de Mayo celebrations. Um, so yeah, no, neither of which <laughs> are us. But anyway, I started out. I almost tweeted to like Modelo in Bohemia to to come outside because, you know, I want to, you know, drop a little something, even though I'm drinking just, you know, like the Coronitas are what made them famous, but the small like seven ounce beers, I only buy them by mistake. Like no person in their right mind picks up a 12 pack and says like, hey, give me small beers unless you're putting them in like a margarita or something like that. But I wanted to drink Victoria because the statement I'm about to make is that I think You know, years back, we we created the list of major Mexico brand beers. Can't remember what was at the top, but, you know, between Bohemia, Modelo and all the different varietals. uh, I am now going to go out and claim that Victoria is the number one.
1: Wow, and we may need to relitigate that episode at some point. Um, we gotta bring it back. The OGs will remember years ago we did a uh, Mexican beer review, and this is of not any craft breweries, just purely big Mexican beer brands. Um, and uh, yeah, Victoria came in if I'm not mistaken, somewhere, maybe like, in the high single digit like higher single digits, maybe like top ten, but uh a little bit maybe like seven. Something like barely. that.
0: Barely. Yeah, I think it barely cracked it, but I guess after four years here, yeah. It the consistency, it's unmatched. It's unmatched.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'll I'll always be, you know, I'll always be a big fan of number three. Uh that that's Pacifico. So um
0: Well, near near and dear. Although
1: Pacifico's <laughs> cropping up now with like
0: affiliations to kind of like pop up pseudo seafood spots around yeah, yeah. the city. And I'm not sure how I feel about it. It reminds me of the Houston international airport where they've got like 20 different restaurants, but they all have the exact same menu. And it's like, it's all facade. It's all
1: sham. You know, last week I was actually in the Houston airport and I went into one of those places and zip tied myself by the neck to, to a pole <laughs> to protest the
0: <laughs> what kind of bolt cutters what kind of bolt cutters is
1: well, there, well, what was it it's airline, like i mean it was airline employees like that so it was airplane sized <laughs> bolt cutters they were they were huge
0: in a in a year or two of you know outrageous airport behavior that's the one story that hasn't yet cracked the news yet so i'm <laughs> glad but hey before we, we talk about your poison, I got to give a shout out to Hercules, which is a craft beer place where if you order 12 beers, you get like 10% off. If you order 24, you get 20% off. So obviously every time I order 24 and they have, I think, two different Czech Pilsner varietals. So, you know, Game Patty ticker. loves his pills. <laughs>
1: We 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 know that Pat is a big pills guy, so it's uh, no. We that I mean it is always cool though when you find those when you find those good spots um, that deliver the consistency maybe in a different way than than Victoria deliver the consistency of of they're always hitting you with new stuff hitting you with hitting you with the good the good varieties. So um, I mean it wouldn't. It wouldn't be a pick your poison on the two red gringos if I didn't hit you with a nice hefty double IPA right out the gate.
0: <laughs> is it hazy? What? what how, no. how much haze is no, involved th- in this IPA?
1: So no haze. Uh, no okay. haze. No haze on this guy. This is a uh, this is an Ernest Brewworks who's um, a a Toledo based, which is where I'm currently living. Toledo based brewery. Um, they're actually about their their main brewery is about ten minutes down the road. They just opened a second location downtown, so they're they're growing pretty significantly. They got some decent local distribution too, and I am enjoying their Honey Buzz Honey mm. Double IPA. Um, very like very balanced IPA, like it because that honey in there it gives it a little sweet. It's balanced out by the you know, so it's not like a super hoppy like I know this is a break in form but it's not a super yeah. hoppy not intense and not citrusy so it's kind of a nice departure from because hazy is all the that's all the rage right now
0: I uh, mean I when I think of you I think hazy I think sour I think farm
1: <laughs> this
0: this do is what th- I did not
1: <laughs> do you think those? Things? I don't like sour I mean typically I don't like sours it's too late. It's too, it's too late. I, okay, I like sours now. So uh, everyone, the sour <laughs> beer enthusiast, Philbach, um, and then uh, and then in a little bit of a break in form, but because of St. Patrick's Day, I just I had to I had to do it to him with the with oh. the Guinness. So that'll be how I finish out. You know, I get the I got the the honey buzz. Then we'll move on to the Guinness, and that's how we'll close out the show. But um, so yeah, I I I I think. Uh, well, I think I mean we're starting mid-season. Yeah. We've got to do a little bit of catching up. Just kind of just kind of how how we're feeling about the season so far. I mean, this this season, I don't know how it, how it's been for you, but it's one that's gone in my mind from no pressure and like, "Hey, let's just see what happens" to all of yeah. a sudden, we got a trophy under the belt and we got three more that we're still competing in.
0: You're exa- I, especially too with the timing of it it almost reminded me of the right when we had even though we had a ton of games in hand was it the 13-14 when all you hear about like oh you know you know, Liverpool bottled it or whatever with a yeah. massive lead because it kind of happened around what was it like the, the West Ham loss and play, uh, like you know the Brentford draw like a couple draws here and there and all of a sudden the draw was worse than a loss but yeah. No like and then all of a sudden not just not just because of uh, a league cup trophy or carabao or, or whatever it is um but it's just the you know sixty nine points, points what do we have like 10 9 games remaining just the you know that aspect of it too so i think we had already kind of said like hey any we're at the stage where we want to see more trophies we want klopp to kind of add that to his resume cuz that's what this team or that's more reflective of what this team is and has done over the years. I think even what the, the stat that popped up on Twitter, I, I, it's not exactly. It was like 355 points to 354, somewhere in that ballpark uh, over the past few years between Pep and Klopp. So that was the push, like, let's kind of throw it into the league cup. Let's, let's push in the FA cup. Maybe we get some champions league run or glory involved but ultimately, like the gap was so far beyond City, it was you know secure for grab whatever silverware we can this year. Um, and, you know the, the the craziness of the Premier League, I guess, uh, or just the unbelievable sustainability of this Klopp side, it it turned into you know don't say it out loud, but whispers of uh whispers of the, uh, <laughs> the quadruple, which is probably <laughs> absolutely absurd. Yeah, but. What more can you ask for as a fan? You're in the running for all of the trophies that are right in front of you.
1: That's And that's really what is so striking about this season is because, and I mean, it it speaks a little bit to some of the reactionary sort of like, you know, oh, title race is over, you know, because Liverpool drew like a game, not even halfway through the season. Like, okay, well, the title's over, title race is over. Knowing full well that, like, there's other challenges out there, there's all kinds of like, like, City are, you know, a very deep and like talented squad, but they're not immune to football. Like, that's they still have to play the game of football. So, like, so ultimately, this, uh, yeah, this run, um, in the Premier League and then, um, staying in and I think adding some depth, uh, and and picking sort of the right the right youngsters in the cups as well like we've seen the level of our b team if you will who's played in the cups raise significantly um yeah. for whatever reason takumi minamino just can't like if he's in a cup <laughs> game he's scoring like that's just how it works like it, it, the guy is, a how many yeah yeah like he's he's unbelievable but um But yeah, the the whole kind of vibe of this season shifted almost almost on a dime. Like it felt like it changed so quickly from yeah, we'll see what happens, and we're in the domestic cups, but the league's over, and you know we're really focused on Champions League. To now, like, hey, we could we can make a run in all of these competitions, and there's really no reason that (laughs) that we. I'm not saying we will, but there's no reason that we can't compete in all of them. So so with all that being said. Like, do you have is there is there a story or a storyline or a or maybe a player or or anything that that sticks out to you that kind of defines the season or really like that you'll re- remember part of this season by? Yeah, it,
0: one. It's often that half. You know, at this stage in the season, we can have some sort of narrative or story that we're saying, like you know not that we hang our head on this season because we got higher hopes, but I think of even though, it, you know, like eight, 10 different people pronounce his first name uh, on Twitter, I can't remember it, but Kelleher, the, not just the league cup run, yeah, but ultimately even just kind of how to play it out with, you know, Kepa coming in, conceding 11 penalties, Skying is, but just in that, maybe that's, that part is, encompassing this story of Klopp saying Kelleher got us here. I'm sticking with my guy. Like it, it, any other major club, I think you probably see, like, you know, you go back to the number one cause you got a chance for somewhere, but that's what Klopp has done with this side, right? Like he's, he gives people, gives people their shot, He gives them their chance. And so to see him stick with him and ultimately to see it pay off, go <laughs> to sink his penalty. You yeah, couldn't really save any, but still, like, had some incredible stops during that match. Like, just the League Cup run, I think you mentioned it, like, Taki's form throughout it. Honestly, that final was, you know, just... I, don't know, I, I shaved, like, five, ten years off my life, right? But oh, for, sure. for that That whole kind of process, the, you know, the comeback against Leicester was Huge. unbelievable. The level that which the final was played, stick with Keller. That to me is kind of, you know, it sums up Klopp, sums up his approach to this club, something that we all love him for, but you can also see it's why the players love him too. So easy to kind of point to, you know, an early season trophy. But I think just all of the pieces that went into that, like you said, like playing the right youngsters, who kind of picked up and and we saw a lot of different players hit form. And that's that's what that's what we've been missing too, even like operating last year maybe as an example too of like, but that's so many different players out with injuries, but seeing that second squad be able to compete at high levels um, has been really impressive too. So that's what, that's what I'm going with. I'm going with the, uh, the league cup run.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it informed like a lot of what was going on where it's like, Hey, actually this squad, it's not this whole like, Hey, Liverpool's first 11 or first like 14 are really yeah. good. It's like, no, this whole club is like unbelievable, and they have these guys who are willing to play their part. Like they're willing to wait for their chance. They're willing to like take their opportunity. Um, the Kelleher storyline is—I mean, that's like the the quintessential like you just—you cannot write scripts like this. Like that's a, <laughs> it, it is it, like it's so cliche. But the um, that whole story is is so crazy. And I think there's an element, and this is getting maybe a little bit in the weeds with it, but Kelleher, the manner of his penalty, I'm convinced, forces Keppa to miss. Like, yeah. Because he takes this like banger penalty yeah. curling into the top corner, like roof of the net type stuff, like really just hit it with power, hit it, hit, you know, placed it well. And so Keppa is thinking like, he's probably thinking before he steps up, like, oh, Kelher's going to try to like place this, just put it, keep it on frame type thing. Well, he takes this banger penalty and Kepa's now like, well, shit. Like, I can't just like half, I can't like just get this thing on target. Like I need to, I need to like hit it like that. And, uh, yeah. and yeah. So then he blazes over cause he doesn't have the goods, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, um, so I think like, yeah i think Kelleher is obviously like a great choice for storyline the one that the one that i wanted to just like talk about it and maybe it's in terms of like it's not favorite player because i think so many of the players who have made such a difference for us over over these last um you know few years are are still they're just like raising their level especially right now like they're just they're finding finding a deeper a deeper spot especially in some of these games where maybe they don't come out flying like they and we'll talk more about the arsenal game but the injection that this liverpool squad has gotten and the most obvious one is is luis diaz who has made like such an instant impact and i just wanted to call out his story because i think it's almost like underreported um in terms of like I think a lot of people think of, hey, this is a Colombian guy who was playing at Porto, so of course he got... Like, he scored a bunch of goals for Porto, so of course he got a move to Liverpool. Um, Like, kind of makes sense that, yeah, he was playing in a, you know, mid-level European league and banging in goals, so he gets his move to Liverpool, like, really impresses with Colombia. Diaz was born as a member of the YU, like ethnic group which is an indigenous people of colombia and in an area of the country where i mean he was essentially like he was literally malnourished like at points of his life like he was born into one of the poorest areas of the country and we know the struggles of like indigenous people like worldwide so colombia no exception And when he signed his his first professional contract or when he like signed for the first academy, I should say, that he played for in Colombia, they literally had to like put him on a specific diet plan because he was like suffering from malnourishment. Um, That to top level Colombian like football to the Colombian national team to Porto to Liverpool is not a given like This is a guy who has overcome a ton to be where he's at. And so the whole idea that, like, oh, man, he's really settled in well, it's like this guy has seen some shit. Like, he (laughs) has been through it, and he's overcome all that. And I think it's almost underreported, like, in terms of his story is not the typical, like, and I, I don't mean to, like, shit on James Rodriguez or whatever, but it's not, like, the typical Colombian, like, superstar type, type story like this is a guy who has gone through a ton to get where he's at and it's like and it was by no means a given so Luis Diaz like having such an impact for Liverpool has been one of the stories for me just because from one aspect like for him personally it's been insane that he's playing now at one of like the richest clubs in the world like these crazy facilities and just like he gets to play with the likes of you know Sala and, and Mane and, 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 uh, Tiago and, and Allison and Van Dyke, like, cause it was by no means a given when he was born, when he was born in, in Colombia So, um, so that story in and of itself, but also just the story for him personally, in terms of showing, uh, what he can do. And I'll always remember the commentator, uh, for, Oh man, it was Liverpool's game. It was Luis Diaz's first appearance, and I think he made his first appearance for Liverpool off the bench in a game against uh let me let me double check. Oh. It was in the FA Cup against Cardiff. So he comes on for Curtis Jones and I'll never forget the commentator at the time who was doing like, he was solo commentating. He was like, I just saw Luis Diaz play in the champions league for Porto against Atletico Madrid. And I commentated on that game and he was bad, but I (laughs) guess Liverpool spent, but Liverpool decided to spend 35 million or whatever it was like on him anyway.
0: It's always 50 million.
1: Or 50 million ideas, on a
0: right? anyway. So the, bon- <laughs> the bonuses have already kicked in. You yeah. know, I think it's like 35. <laughs> they paid 30, all done. the
1: performance bonuses up front. <laughs> no, but yeah. They, but they decided to pay 50 million for him anyway. And I love that that guy has been just like, has had a, a crow shoved in his mouth like because he, he's been unbelievable. Anyway, yeah. so get off my soapbox, soapbox about it. No. I,
0: and I, I also had no, no idea about the story too. So we got to find, find the backstories, put it out there on Twitter too. Cause I mean, it's, it, it, even like just performances on the side, like I, it reminds me of the, uh, the, the old pieces that you used to do about kind of like players journeys. Granted it was related to like kind of the pro rail thing, uh, but I had flashbacks to that too. So yeah. I, I, I love the story, but also like, Even once he adjusts his little, you know, cut
1: inside and curl,
0: you know, he's going to score 80 goals a season or something like that.
1: (laughs) He's going to be the opposite sided Sala. Um, Yeah. Yeah. He's got a hell of a shot on him and I can't wait for one one of those to fly into the top corner. So for this next segment, we had my wife on, um, and basically we asked her the abbreviations that NBC uses for the premier league teams. And so Pat was the one asking the questions and I fucked up the recording. And so Pat's audio is gone. So anyways, I didn't want to miss out cause this is actually a really cool thing. And, uh, I really enjoyed this. So I totally screwed up. Pat's audio is, is not in there. Um, so I've spliced in audio to make it make sense. Um, but please forgive the awkward, like any awkward exchanges or anything. Um, and uh, yeah, it's fine for the rest of the episode. But this uh, portion, for whatever reason, we we screwed up and we didn't get Pat's audio. So, um, So anyways, please enjoy Anyways. she can't hear you she she'll have to put the headphones on to hear you so um and you'll say the abbreviation yep and she will guess off of that now again no note, <laughs> note to the audience is that this is strictly erica's knowledge from our many years of exposure um this is I w- I want to be really clear that Erica not only does she not watch the games with me she actively avoids them when she can no it is an equal it is an equal level of disdain like for the hobby that we've taken on so this is coming purely from a place of osmosis like this is not studied this is not like there's no interest, like, whatsoever. So what, however she does, this is driven purely by me talking about stuff and her just, you know, deciding to retain random bits of it. <laughs> I guess that's a question for, for her. On a, on a scale of 1 to 10, how well do you know the urban geography of the U.K.? Well, I think what we're trying to 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 show is that not only does does Erica not know the the teams of the Premier League, but she doesn't really know the cities of the UK either. Like like she doesn't really know them um you know, we don't have relatives in England, we don't have like there's really no reason for her to know like any geography about the UK. So any of whatever she gets on this is driven purely by Proximity to a person who watches way too much Premier League football. All right, I'm going to hand. I'm going to hand over the reins, and uh, we're going to see just how well Erica does at guessing the teams of the Premier League purely by the three-letter abbreviation that NBC has assigned to them.
2: Okay, I don't know what I'm getting myself into here. I guess just to reiterate the like the fact that I'm not actively sitting down watching these games. This is Phil just talking to me. And as he said, what I'm choosing to absorb. Um, Exactly. So uh, we'll see. So actually, I came prepared because on this most holy St. Patrick's Day, all I want is a Guinness, but... I have to be baby friendly. So I did come prepared with a delicious root beer. And it is called Money Bag. And it is made by Gene Simmons Company. Yes, that that Gene Simmons. Um, bought by accident. But it is quite delicious, I have to say. I feel like the people would want to know, like, what... You know, what do the gringo wives, you know, what do they think about? How, how do they fare in all of this? So, right? They've got to know about the, the gringos. Interesting. I, I'm ready.
1: A-R-S. That's A-R-S.
2: Hold on, say that one more time.
1: A-R-S
2: f as in frank
1: s as in salutations
2: i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna pass and come back to it i was not ready for a hard one right off the bat all right i'm just gonna pass so i'm not giving up i'm just passing for now
1: the next one's avl a-V-L.
2: Oh, man. What am I doing to myself? Okay, I'm going to say, because I had an answer on my mind, but that's going to be something else. I'm going to say it's Avalon. Yeah, I was going to say, like, do I get to know? I got to wait. I got to sweat it out. Now, maybe we'll, we'll sweat it out. Yeah, that's fine. All right, Avalon.
1: B R E.
2: B-R-E is Brentford. Okay, I got a freebie of I got it right. (laughs)
1: B-R-I.
2: I'm going to pass for now. I need more time. All right, good to know.
1: B-U-R
2: um that's that's Burnley. I wanna say. I feel like I'm gonna be making up names. I'm sorry to the great people of Great Britain because I feel like I'm just gonna be making up British sounding things. Um, but you know
1: <laughs> c h e
2: c h e is chelsea
1: c r y.
2: I'd, like, I'd say, like, I want to jump on it, but I also want to see it typed out so I can be positive. That's going to be Crystal Palace. I think.
1: E-V-E.
2: Ah, uh, that's got to be Everton. I only know that I got one right so far, so I'm the suspense is killing me. But, but Everton I know because we went to Liverpool a couple years back. So I do have... Context for that.
1: L E E.
2: I believe that's Leeds.
1: L E I.
2: I think it's Lester. I'm not looking at my other gringo friend here just to, you know, any- he's I'm not, not saying anything. Saying anything. Nope, no eye contact, nothing.
1: L I V.
2: That's Liverpool. Okay. <laughs> Allie got it too, so the Gringos at least know what's up for Liverpool.
1: <laughs> M C.
2: Um, I feel all right. I'm gonna. I feel like it's one of the no. Cause I feel like it's one of the Manchesters, but I don't want to be like final answer. So I'm going to pass it for now.
1: M U.
2: Okay. So I'm going to say that that's man United. That makes more sense to me, but I'm still going to pass the other one just to be sure.
1: N E W.
2: That's Newcastle. I think. There's no C in it, which is throwing me off, but I'm going to go with Newcastle.
1: N-O-R.
2: I think that's Norwich. Norwich? Am I saying that correctly? Norwich. I know there's a W in there, but I think it's Norwich.
1: S-O-U.
2: Oh, geez. Uh, Like South something... Because there's a team in my mind, but I think their things are different. I'm gonna pass it for now.
1: T O T.
2: That's Tottenham.
1: W A T
2: Watford. As I know that from Radio Watford. <laughs> So that's my context on that one.
1: W H U.
2: Oh goodness! Um, once I know, I'm gonna be upset with myself. I'll skip it for now. Maybe get through some more easy ones.
1: This is the last one, and then we're back to the top.
2: Okay, and then we're okay.
1: W L V
2: See, this one doesn't look too familiar. I wonder if it's like newer or like promoted or something like that. Um, not sure. We'll go back to the top. Okay. Six passes. I'm going to try again. I didn't totally throw in the towel.
1: A R S.
2: Oh, it's Arsenal. Okay, it just came to me.
1: B R I,
2: Birmingham. I'm not sure. Uh, uh, I got nothing. I'll say Birmingham, which is I. I think I made up, but it's a place.
1: <laughs> M C.
2: So that has to be, I said, Man United. So that has to be Man City.
1: S O U.
2: I going to say like Souther Southerly or something like that. Souther Souther. I don't think so, but we're gonna go with Southerly that I just made up on the spot. South Southland, I don't know.
1: W H U.
2: I got nothing on this one. White White House, that's a place in Ohio from where I'm broadcasting. Um we're gonna go White House, which is made up. I know it will. But I know it's wrong. Like it's just I don't want to say nothing, so I'm just saying something, but I, I know it's wrong.
1: W L V
2: these W's man. I'm not. <sighs> nothing's nothing's coming to me <laughs> thinking like W like for the win, but not really going for the win right now. Also, I was like, where's Aston Villa? Is that the wrong league? Like thought Aston Villa was going to show up. Cause like that's in my mind too. I don't, I got nothing for WLV. Um, all right. I'm going to officially like throw in the towel on that one. Cause I have nothing. Okay.
1: ARS was Arsenal. Yep. Next was AVL, which is Aston Villa.
2: Oh, darn. Okay.
1: Next was Brentford, B-R-E. Yep. Then B-R-I was Brighton and Hove Albion.
2: Brighton, Hove Albion. Okay, I do know that one. That Okay. Next yep. was
1: Burnley, B-U-R. Then Chelsea, C-H-E. Then Crystal Palace, C-R-Y.
2: Sorry. There's no rhyme or reason. <laughs>
1: EVE was Everton. Yep. LEE was Leeds. LEI was Leicester. LIV was Liverpool. MC was Manchester yep. City. MU was Manchester United.
2: Had a good streak there. <laughs> yep. United.
1: NEW was Newcastle. NOR was Norwich. SOU was Southampton.
2: Southampton, shoot. I knew it was South, my my gut was South something. I should have thought about it a little bit more.
1: TOT was Tottenham. Yep, yep. WET was (laughs) Watford, Radio Watford. WHU was West Ham.
2: West Ham, okay, that one I don't think. Think I would have gotten. The other ones I'm like, oh man.
1: Have you seen Green Street Hooligans?
2: I've I saw it one time. Green Street Hooligans, one time many, many years ago.
1: And WLV was Wolves. Wolverhampton. I okay, would not have
2: gotten that. I know like it sounds familiar now, but wouldn't have gotten there. So what's my what's my percentage?
1: So you got fifteen out of twenty.
2: Out of twenty. Fifteen out of twenty. That's not not too bad. I'll take it. All right, I'll take it. I'm I'm upset about a couple of those, but feeling good otherwise. All right, that sounds good. Well, I'm gonna celebrate with my poison, (laughs) with my Gene Simmons root beer, and just indulge. All right, peeps. Thank you. I appreciate it. I did okay. You did great. Have fun. Thank
1: you. You too. Thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, my wife. <laughs> pretty strong right and she hustled everybody with the avalon out the gate that's what she was like we're we were really setting up the audience like oh wow this is gonna be like funny because it's gonna be so bad like you know those like tiktoks with the like oh she doesn't know what the nfl teams are or whatever and then and then she hits people with only got five wrong the whole time a lot of teams do a lot a lot of teams bounce back with Brentford. Let's be honest. No, no not Liverpool, but some teams. Some teams do. I've heard. season so far we've won the we've won the care about cup competing in the league competing we're still in the fa cup i think we have the fa cup next weekend um and now in um and and in the champions league we're awaiting the draw of the champions league which i think takes place tomorrow morning so by the time you hear this we'll probably know the opponent um for the quarterfinals but all of that as the as the Champions League was wrapping up and and uh, Liverpool had already booked their place, obviously, um, but we were waiting on on these last few fixtures. Um, Liverpool had a uh, a midweek game against the Arsenal in the league. and uh, this is this is a well known like for anyone who is familiar with the El Paso Reds and and El Paso in general knows that this is is a friendly. Darby for us because the other big like the ne- the other big supporters group in El Paso was Arsenal. So oddly enough, like it wasn't Manchester United. It wasn't uh, Chelsea that really like brought the fans out in El Paso. It was Arsenal. Um, so Arsenal Liverpool became this kind of like big fixture just for us, like just for Got Liverpool it. supporters and Arsenal supporters in El Paso specifically. Um, so. Yeah. And I mean to this day, like I am, you know, good friends with Mika from, from the from the El Paso Gooners as well. So um and have a podcast have two podcasts with her also. So <laughs> um so yeah, the um this is kind of a friendly derby for us.
0: Yeah. I I, I gotta apologize to her too though, whenever I made the comment of um the <laughs> the next uh the next Pickford. Radio. <laughs> and she, I thought she's like, it's a so lazy. she deleted the tweet. Like I, I kept trying to reply to it and I was like deleted. She was, um, she
1: was actually, she was not happy with me when I, when I uh, tweeted, cause I, I tweeted like uh, Ramsdale hit him with that Pickford type beat. And um, <laughs> <laughs> she was not happy about it, which, which is fair because I think, I, I think the comparisons are like, yeah, he is also like a white English goalkeeper um yeah who, and he's not the biggest but Ramsdale is ostensibly a much better keeper than than Jordan Pickford um for some reason Gareth Gareth South Southgate doesn't think so but that's you know <laughs> no yeah you know, McGuire's
0: still there too but we won't get into that but I did want to acknowledge <laughs> because the tweet got delayed that I, I what I was saying was quality aside yeah he's a young English keeper um who maybe is just a little too animated, you know, for, for a rival state, but that that's, his, that's maybe the extent of the bad <laughs> blood. I think that exists yeah. between, but, but no, or, or, you know, maybe a little bit when you throw Brian in the mix and, you know, a few beers, that's when, that's when things escalate. But it's all, I mean, I look at, I, I, I see a club that, you know, has always played a good brand of football Um you know, has his, historically done things uh, in a way I, I think kind of very similar to Liverpool. Right. So I think especially maybe for American supporters, we see a lot of overlap. Yeah. So that's why we, you know, we'll, we'll almost we'll kind of cheer for them, but we're also always excited whenever they lose. Um, <laughs> Cause it's like, you know, we don't want you to get too close, just like whenever it was reversed too, but no, I mean, even just kind of touching on the game, like, Credit to Arsenal for the for the way that they played, but you know I love a two zero, and a you know, way to go leaving the Emirates with a two zero, I, I I could have been more thrilled.
1: It's really funny because I when I think about the Emirates, like for basically, I mean, I started supporting Liverpool in two thousand five. Going to the Emirates for the better part of ten years was horrible. Like hated. <laughs> Going to the Emirates because yeah. we never got anything out of that game. Like at best a draw, um, and and even recently, like the I remembering the the Tropic Thunder Orange Kits twenty seventeen. That was a three three. I think where Minule fumbled like an Urzel long shot into the net. So like, yes. or Carius. I don't know one of them. Either way, the bottom <laughs> line is that like I hated going to the Emirates, and now now Liverpool. Have established a little bit of a a dominance over Arsenal, and not just at Anfield, but it's kind of it's extended to the Emirates now.
0: Yeah, well, except whenever we they beat us with a draw um, <laughs> earlier earlier in the season, um, and also the win slash loss that they had against City, um, but no, like. We, we we enjoy picking on the narrative a little bit, but he, here's what I've seen about Arsenal too. Very early on, credit to them, uh, and especially what Arteta has done. It felt like even same with Klopp, right? Results didn't come instantly, um, and there are questions about like overall performance levels. But as fans, we saw a difference, right? And and I felt like we are to a lot of Arsenal supporters. It, it felt like they were seeing the same things, right? Like they still have some ways to go. they got some you know, phenomenal young players with Aubameyang. And, you know, they, they got burned on that. But they they could add a few pieces too. But the playing style, we, we saw it, right? Like they shot out of the gates. Um, I can't remember who it was, but kind of said like up until about halftime, uh, you know, the, the from pressing to, you know, being able to counter our press. Um, it it felt, it felt like one of those, like almost even matches initially, right. To, to maybe to our credit again, though, it felt like, you know, we were a little bit sloppy. We weren't really getting out of second or third gear and they were kind of operating at their peak too. So we can get into that, but overall it does feel like, you know, they should be, really solidifying, no reason why they shouldn't be top four. Um, and again, it, it kind of felt like as a Liverpool supporter early on and then going through the Klopp era, I, I kind of get that, right? Like the the fans, the players have brought, bought into that style. Credit to the club too for sticking with Arteta after like, you know, some yeah, pretty terrible, not terrible runs, but relative to Arsenal standards, like pretty terrible runs, you know, over the past couple of years too. So I don't know, part of me is happy that they're, kind of back and hitting that strider form. Um, part of me wishes they would linger in seventh or eighth place a little <laughs> bit too, just because of our proximity with uh, so many Arsenal fans. As well.
1: I think, I think we're, we're reaching that point where, you know, between the next few teams of that, uh you know, who could make it into the champions league. Like you said, Arsenal does business very similarly to Liverpool in that. And, you know, there's a lot that we have said and can be said and is very valid about the, the crunky regime. Um, and I don't think it's the same as the, as FSG necessarily. Um, but they've been asked to operate in, in a budget. They, they typically are, are relying on player sales to, to balance things. They're not going to go out and splash and splash huge amounts of money on, on, on players. Um, and they're not owned, you know, by an oligarch or the st- a, a, a state. So, you know. I think that's the standard now. It's yeah. <laughs> gotten pretty low. Gotten pretty Is low. your owner, uh, you know, uh, re- related to any sort of corrupt or and or, uh, you know, uh, uh, fascist yeah. regime? Um, then <laughs> you're in the clear. So, yeah, Arsenal, the way they've done business, like, and the the way that they operate is similar to Liverpool. So I'd say, like, if I had to pick of the other teams in and around that that top four, like, I would much rather see Arsenal in the top four than, say, like, Chelsea, United, even Spurs. Yeah, Yeah.
0: because it's Spurs, again. At least we all have that in common.
1: Like, I'd much rather see Arsenal in there. So so I think like I think from that point of view, it is it is a lot easier to give to give credit where it's due. And in this game, it it definitely wasn't a foregone conclusion. Like up until halftime, as you said, this was a little bit. I mean, well, I say a little bit. It was very disjointed from from the Reds. Now, do we do we chalk that up as. As some of the commentators, they they, you know, they're obviously highlighting the fact that Mo Salah was was starting on the bench and and all of that. In this match, like are we chalking it up to like it just we needed Mo or was there something else like going on with with this match?
0: Well remember, I didn't want to talk tactics too much because (laughs) I didn't have my glasses on me. So I felt early on, like one Arsenal, like I said, looked like they were up for it. But I knew I couldn't really tell. I knew Tiago <laughs> was on the pitch, right? I just knew Tiago was on the pitch because there was that some element of control. Yep. It was still a little bit sloppy, but but no, I think I don't know how much Salah factored into how that first half played out. Um, but again, I think it's teams that come out and play like that can they sustain it? I thought the you know the goal. I don't know if it was Arlo, certainly Martin Tyler, their commentary. This is the one pass I'll give them because even in real time, like it was kind of like a shock and you didn't yeah. really celebrate yet too. is also like, you know, when Tiago plays a pass that beats, you know, 10 people, <laughs> a goal tend to come out of nowhere. But I, 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 I do think, I think it was just, you know, Arsenal are, are, not, I'm not hitting their stride or anything because I think they've been performing at, at this level kind of throughout the season. Sure. But I, I think they were just, they were up for it. They were well-organized. We were sloppy. They were also forcing us into, you know, with with their level of press um, errors. And it was just tough, right? Because ultimately, like, I'd say Arsenal got into some good positions early on, but ultimately didn't really create much. And obviously the same for us. So I, I felt like it even had a good point, like, I was looking at and thinking about that first half. I was like, it was very, I think just watchable. <laughs> like it wasn't a great first half. It wasn't that exciting. But you just saw two good sides just playing pretty, pretty evenly throughout too. Like part and I'll say I'll give most of the credit to how Arsenal came out. Could we have been better? Absolutely. Maybe if I'm an Arsenal fan, I'm saying the same thing about, you know, delivering a better ball and, and getting a chance or two out of that too. So
1: I think I think to one of the things that's always that's that strikes me consistently about this Liverpool team, like this edition of Liverpool, is that there are times where the other team is on top, creating the more chances, create maybe feeling the more dangerous. Like in terms of watching, like you're watching and you're feeling like the other team is getting the better of play. And then you look at the expected goals and you're like, oh, they didn't really have a sniff. Like, and and it's one of those things where like, yeah, like did they have, they had a little bit of like these moments and, and things like that. But this team is so good at preventing the chance from either a, like mattering in the first place by their offside or preventing the shot from actually like reaching its destination or even being taken in the first place. Like, these guys just are kind of the masters of the other team can have some of the play and feel maybe dangerous without actually delivering the level of danger that maybe like someone watching the game might think they're having.
0: Yeah, I was I'd be surprised too because I one of the things I kind of I don't know if I picked up on it, or it was just a couple anecdotal example of it, but it almost felt like they they were trying to approach it a different way, right? They weren't just hoofing it up to like Lacazette because that's probably a dead end. Yeah. But they used it almost as like a dummy run to push or drag the line as much as they could, right? Because we hold pretty well. But then instead of like putting it up there, it would be Martinelli, maybe Saka making a run out wide. And I think, I mean, again, Martinelli looked phenomenal, acknowledging they burned Trent sure. a couple times. But like... That to me felt like okay early on maybe that's the plan of attack like Liverpool might be kind of expecting okay we'll play it long we'll do that but they just found a lot of space so yeah again like they got into some dangerous areas but again like that's kind of a theme with this team is that we'll concede areas I know Samuel McGuire talks about concede certain areas of space or concede like positioning but ultimately you're not going to really create anything substantial
1: the. The goal, as you said, it, it happens sort of almost in slow motion and it comes right after Tiago nearly gifts Arsenal the opener. <laughs> so, Tiago made a joke about it in the post match, which was maybe one of the funniest, uh, like, interview sort of moments I've seen where Tiago made a joke of, I don't know how Rabo is man of the match. Like, I had two assists. Um, but he he uh, he plays this like just terrible back pass like to to Allison, which Ali like making himself again one on one
0: best in the world. Like it,
1: it's not, truly. I think I tweeted this after the uh, Brighton game that Allison for all of the praise that like Liverpool supporters have heaped on him for for everything that he's done, he's somehow still underrated. <laughs> yeah. Like people don't even talk about him in like goalkeeping conversations anymore. And yet I'm he's okay with that. Top two. Like easily.
0: Who who else are you putting up there with him?
1: I mean, I think at on form, probably probably Mendy would be the only one I'd even put like in the in the conversation. Edward Mendy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and Not his is
1: a very different type of goalkeeping too. Like he's a like he's a a shot stopper more so than Ali is very much yeah. a, a you know a, a sweeper like a pure sweeper like Neuer Neuer esque if we it, you know if you'll allow the I'll allow it too. Okay. But yeah. I, I mean
0: exa- <laughs> like in I don't know if this Liverpool team can operate goalkeeper in the world except maybe. But just because he's going to he's gonna have those opportunities, right? Like, yeah. like All the time, the high line, the high line, the high line. Eventually, somebody's going to sneak through. Now, 90% of the time, they're off sides. But you're going to have a chance or two come up. And so the fact that he's so good at that allows Liverpool to, to play the way they play. Now, it might be a little nervy. You know, my heart rate certainly is much higher during matches because of it. But... Like, we're still one of the best. Now A couple pieces came up today about it's not just the, you know, level of attack, which is ridiculous. I don't know if we're still top three in goals and top three in assists in the league, but, like, the defensive stability that's there, I think people, maybe, like, major outlets are now starting to concede, like, oh, maybe, you know, Klopp and Linders and everybody else kind of know know what this team is (laughs) doing.
1: Yeah, I mean. Took them long enough. Right. Uh, Yeah, 75 goals scored, uh, 20 goals allowed in 29 matches uh, for a goal difference of 55, um, which is now five better than City, um, having played the same amount of games. Um, The next closest is Chelsea at 38. And the next closest after that is Arsenal and West Ham, who are tied at plus 12. So 55 Levels. is Levels. quite a ways away um, from, yeah, the rest of the league. But at the other end, Tiago go, goes the other end and plays maybe one of the passes of the season that was so good that it literally stunned Arlo White, Martin Tyler, everyone <laughs> into severe, like almost narcolepsy.
0: Yes. Oh, oh, he scored, right? It, it, I didn't even get the chance to tweet those are bulls. I like, so I'm going to give them maybe not Martin Tyler, but I'll give Arlo the pass. He still got me blocked on Twitter, you know, but I'll give him the pass on this one. Yeah. Because I didn't even get to tweet it. So, but no, yeah, exactly. One of the passes of the
1: season. And so, struck with, you know, with no fanfare, there is no like, oh, what a ball or anything like that. But it is, as you said earlier, beats 10 players. Like literally beats the entire Arsenal team outfield like outfield team with one pass um and Diogo jota, who is being ready to come off um knows that there is but one thing that he must do before he leaves the field, which is score against Arsenal because that's what Diogo yeah. jota does
0: so he does, so he does Bobby Firmino, too, so
1: <laughs> they, both, even, they
0: both even getting the second goal, which was hot. <laughs> And again, see, that goes back to it. Like, it was, it was a fairly close match. And it's just, you know, who Lacazette missed, you know, or Arsenal Linton Capitalized on the chance. Jota finishes one that, and that's where the, you know, Ramsdale Pickford comparisons kind of come in. You let something like that on near Post, some a few people are going to call you Jordan Pickford. That's just, yeah, you know, that's how rule, it works. Rules, rules of the football Twitter game. Yeah. Uh, but I no, seeing Bobby come on, too.
1: And I mean, Jota scored a. It, albeit a different a different sort of goal at Goodison for the fourth, um, but at the near post against Pickford, and so when he scored a near a near po- a near post goal against against Ramsdale, I mean the comparison is just like it's there. It's 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 there to be made.
0: We gotta we gotta take it. Yeah. We, we, the shot's there. We gotta take it.
1: Now Jota's goal at Goodison was like. 10 times better in terms of like he has that turn goes past Allen hammers the finishing and then does the alligator arm celebration, which I mean, (laughs) you cannot get better than that. Um, but speaking of, speaking of (laughs) celebrations or maybe excessive celebration, Bobby, Bobby came into this one and you mentioned, you mentioned Bobby coming on, he's been out for a little bit and, There's been there's actually been a little bit of a run where Sadio Mane has filled in quite well as as kind of the Bobby replacement. Yeah, Um, certainly doesn't do things in the in the same exact way as Bobby, but he he filled in well in that in that in that spot up top. But Bobby coming into this one, um, the impact felt pretty pretty instant in terms of the pressure that Liverpool were able to put on Arsenal, and it's no surprise then that Bobby's goal comes from basically relentless Liverpool pressure, where they generate three shots from essentially one pressing action as a team.
0: Yeah. I thought Salah was going to bury it too, but then, (laughs) like, everything, like, Salah's involvement, like, Firmino, Robertson closing down on the wing, and then ultimately being able to create, like, yeah, like, it, it. and maybe it was just, you know, deflate after the job to go, maybe it was just deflating for the Arsenal team. Like, after that, you couldn't sustain the levels that you were trying to operate on. Um, but no, after, the game did change. Whether it was the goal, whether it was Firmino, probably a combination of that. Like, that whole structure and the chances really just kind of dried up and, and Liverpool kind of cruised after that.
1: Um, I do... There's there's a moment here for for Bobby that's been immortalized in in many amazing pictures um, uh, across the timeline, but there's something there's something different about Bobby scoring an away goal and knowing that there will be consequences, choosing to go celebrate like in the away end <laughs> essentially,
0: just jumping in, yeah. just jumping in,
1: <laughs> full di- full Divock at uh, at at. Right. Uh, Villa Park
0: yeah I think what is it Paul 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 didn't kiss Divox. yeah no
1: I thought that we were all
0: surprised that nobody kissed Bobby in that but anytime I see somebody I am thinking, is it Paul Manchin or whatever of the like I'm always just assuming if there's a guy in a hoodie that's him Um, (laughs) but I mean that's for all of these reasons that's why we love Bobby right one style of play uh, yeah, even a friend of mine, we were, we were talking about just, you know, out of this front three and with contracts and all of that stuff, who knows? But like, Bobby's almost the one this year we felt like is the most replaceable. At the same time, you, you and it's made, because you can't replace what he does, right? Like, yeah. Mane has done like an awesome job. I haven't seen enough people talking about like the role Mane has played in kind of that false nine to certainly add a different element to it but i mean whenever bobby goes and hopefully it's not for a long time it's yeah. kind of the it, it's an end of an era in terms of I, I don't i don't know how firmino is not just below not just for liverpool fans but like football twitter just his style of play you know he's just a walking youtube compilation of like you know Ronaldinho esque and others so i mean seeing it on full display on Arsenal, like coming on as a sub and almost saying like, Hey, like I I'm still in the first 11, like almost guaranteed. It's great to see that level of competition too, between him, Jota and now Diaz and everybody else. Like it's awesome.
1: I do. And maybe, maybe I'll save this for, um, maybe I'll save this for our social media heroes. Uh, (laughs) I, I, I will save it for that. Um, so I I totally I totally agree though with Bobby Bobby is a truly unique footballer. Like there are no players at the top level of European football that play like him. Like there's no one there's no one there. Yeah. So um so anyways, like if Bobby isn't remembered as that type of player then Shame on us, because it, it, he's truly a unique player.
0: Well, not us. Not shame, because you know, we've been... on us as a society, been... is what I'm saying. As
1: a race, as a species. <laughs> Accurate.
0: Now you're talking specifically about football Twitter now. Yeah. A yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Which
1: I, I think, <laughs> well, and, and to, to wrap quickly on this, like obviously huge, huge points for Liverpool in that, you know, any slip at this point means means the league is in jeopardy. Um, it brings City to within one point uh, of of Liverpool. So 70 points for City, 69 for Liverpool. Um, and yeah, Liverpool are, are sitting in a nice spot there. Nice
0: night i was hoping you said it. i was ready to say nice
1: so i'm glad <laughs> yeah. i'm glad you said nice but no, it's
0: great it's great because i don't know if city fans feel the same way but i see cities grow draw, draw against crystal palace and certainly like mathematically something like that has to happen but i'm thinking oh okay outside of our match against city like i'm just expecting them to win every game and maybe that's how city feels about liverpool too where even if we slip up once I don't know. It's just kind of like a small little, like think of the armor, right? Where I don't know. So I'm assuming maybe Manchester fans feel the same way, but if there are, (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah, it's, uh, no, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a tightly run race, um, all the way down to the wire. And I'm sure the, the game at the Emirate or at the Etsy had, sorry, wrong, wrong Emirati airline, um, (laughs) So uh <laughs> so I I want to close out. I don't know if we've got heroes and villains because we didn't we didn't actually talk about this beforehand. Yeah. But are there villains out there? Uh anyone who's been who's been on the wrong the wrong side of things on on football Twitter? Cuz I I have an idea. I actually I do have an idea for this one.
0: Okay, if you've got one because
1: I, I haven't I haven't been in those streets quite as much, but
0: I did I did get a kick out of you know every now and then something happens that's so egregious that you have to go on like a, a anti corporate rant. Oh yeah, whoever the offending party is. So I don't I think it was some form of bot. I don't know if this is a hero or villain or you know maybe like an anti hero. Uh, solid beer, by the way. But <laughs> Shout out at Felix, Brewing. <laughs> at Felix Bigley, um you you were offended by Fifth Third Bank, which shame on you for I mean, maybe it's not as bad as Wells Fargo. I don't know if they've done anything. Same that bad,
1: same but. hey yeah, same same type of, same type of deal.
0: Yeah. May I don't know. Maybe if you've got old national bank, a, a, a strong Indiana you know, Midwest institution. You can go that route, but you know, we're we're like, hey, yeah, I'll I'll chime in and do the Fight Club. You know, all the corporation bank towers sure. come down. I don't know if he's a bot. You know, there are no numbers after his name, or it's just a bot with like Felix Bigley. Um, I don't know if he dropped his cell phone number. I don't know what happened on it, but he is with you in solidarity. So maybe Felix is my Twitter hero. <laughs>
1: Uh, well, (laughs) yeah, that was extremely weird. And it was weird that he tweeted the exact same thing, like three times in a row. Um, it was very strange in an anti fifth third, uh, rant, which if you're listening to this, do not bank with fifth third in any way. Uh, it is, it is a nightmare. So don't do it. Um, although shout out to their social media team who handled the closing of my, of my account with the utmost professionalism um to the point where they were like yeah i don't know why they told you that uh you can't do that type thing like yeah so <laughs> they, there's some jaded people over in fifth third social media social media department um so i had a vil- i had a villain pop up and this is i don't know if you've seen the video of marcus rashford um leaving like leaving Old Trafford and um, reacting strongly to some criticism that, that he received um, the villain. I saw his, I saw his response. I didn't see the video. So the villain, the villain is the guy who filmed it because yeah. um, one, so this guy who's filming it and, and I have to shout out Mika again because she, she uh, framed this perfectly and I'm kind of stealing this from her, but, He's shouting fucking Bell End. And uh, <laughs> and Mika Mika quoted the the video with um like fucking Bellend. Like the guy recording the video is shouting about himself. Um and football fans have more self-awareness than we give them credit for, like heart <laughs> emoji.
0: <laughs> and so Mika's the hero, then
1: So Mika is a hero in the in this case, but the the villain is Like, these fucking people waiting outside of of Old Trafford to give shit to a local guy, a local kid who's made it into the first team and has had a rough year. Like... Yeah. What? Like, you show up just to shit on this kid who's doing his best? Like, that's... It it just sums up, like... And I know that we know fans of Manchester United and, and all... But like, the club is just horrible. Like from top to bottom, the ownership is horrible. The the management, it, like the middle management, front office, they're horrible. Um, yeah. and they've got these guys who are just like, who are trying like to do something for this club that has so much history, and and then they walk outside to get shit on by some by some fucking loser with a with a cell phone, and then. Yeah. Marcus Rashford feels the need to apologize for it. Fucking crazy. Well,
0: and also, I thought Ian Wright's video was awesome that made the Another hero. Twitter.
1: Ian right, Wright, yeah. hero.
0: <laughs> Superhero. Um, but no, like, I went on, like, kind of this anti-Chelsea rant about, like, this narrative of, oh, you know, we feel so bad for them. Yeah. I thought, Car- like, Carragher made some awesome points, too. It, it, we... I don't know. I think we have such, I've talked about it before, but such a unique perspective on the type of people that gravitate towards teams. Right. We talk, and I don't, I I don't mean to say like, say for like Arsenal, uh, like there are certain types of people and types of fans. um, And maybe people get offended by this. I don't know, but this is just what we see. Like when you have places in, the US, even we got to go back. Now everybody's got their own pubs and all that, or, sure. or shared, or you split time. But before, it was it was such a mix, right? You'd be sitting next to a West Ham fan, God help us, Aston Villa fan, Arsenal supporter, United, Chelsea. So you got a glimpse into the world of what sort of fan gravitates to these clubs, right? Now, this is certainly a generalization, but I went on an anti-Chelsea rant. Certainly, I mean... Even the 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 supporters group here, there's like five of us. There's like 20 of them. We're sitting right in front of them. They're, you know, they're booing Lukaku when he comes on. They're booing their players. It's like, what? You're in a final. Like, it, it, so it yeah. doesn't make sense to me. So, yeah. You know, I still hate Chelsea supporters, but United supporters are the absolute worst. The way, and it, it, maybe it's just fueled by the Chicago supporters group that is just wretched to be around but you're right like it's it's not a general because it's like everything that you see and like level of entitlement and all of that and granted theirs is different because it came from sustained success not necessarily related to like you know blood or oil money or whatever it was but it still is just that pervasiveness of How, how, like, I I don't know. Like, I mean, Grant, you go on LSC Twitter and see people, like, you know, complaining about Curtis Jones, a local guy. But are you ever going to see an Anfield, like, somebody, like, booing Curtis Jones when he walks out? And especially for Rashford, too, like, what he's done off the pitch. Like, the reason why he's struggling on the pitch is because United ran him into the ground and played him injured. So it's, I don't know, that's my rant about, you know, kind of rotten fan bases or whatever, because yeah. you know us Liverpool fans, being high and mighty as we are, um, <laughs> are in a position to talk about these things.
1: Well, and and that's the thing is like is, no fan base is perfect by any means, but but the point stands because the can you picture a world in which a bunch of scousers in Anfield are chanting the name of some Russian oligarch whose like efforts are funding a, a war? an unjust war in Ukraine over the minutes applause meant for the support of the people suffering from the war. Like, no, you can't like, you cannot imagine that level of obtuse, just shitheadedness. headedness. <laughs> like it's crazy. And that is what we are faced with. Like Chelsea, like Chelsea fans do that. United fans like attacking one of their own, literally like, a person from their community who is playing for the biggest club in town. And I say that fully, like I know that city are city, but it's the biggest club in town. Like United are that club. Um, and the idea that fans would wait outside of the stadium to give that guy shit is just, it's fucking despicable. And I, I, I don't have another word for it. Like it's just, it's just horrible and credit to Ian Wright for, for, I mean, he's on TV, like he is a, he is a personality on, on TV commentating on football. So the fact that like, the fact that he recorded a video and put it on Twitter and said, fuck those fans, like <laughs> that, it takes, that takes balls on and him. credit yeah. to him, credit to him for doing it. Um, the last thing I'll say, cause I know we're, we're coming to an end here is as far as heroes, I will end on a lighter note. Um, and I have to give a shout out to, and this username is going to sound ridiculous, but you guys know him as that Foo Quarantine Floss, um, but at LFC fan forever six one nine, aka David. Um, for those who for those who know him, he he had a tweet at the towards the end of the Arsenal game when when Bobby got his goal that said, "Quote Firmino is washed." How about you wash your ass? Shut the fuck up, man.
2: <laughs> how, how
0: did I not see that one?
1: Oh, it it kind of banged. Like, it, it low-key banged. It should have done a million retweets, but it was, it was, it low-key, it had a low-key bang on Twitter, and David just <laughs> knocked it out the park with that. Firmino is washed, wash your ass. Um, <laughs> unbelievable. Scenes. Scenes.
0: Truly, I don't know. <laughs>
1: uh, on that note, that that's how I figured we would we would end it. So
0: <laughs> beautifully, beautifully.
1: <laughs> so we so we are back. Uh, season eight. We're looking to do monthly. We're looking we're looking at monthly episodes. So we'll play it by ear, I guess. Like, I'm
0: not. I'm not traveling right. So the amount of episodes. Okay. Inversely related to the number of like Marriott points and nights that I have, <laughs> so it's bone dry right now.
1: Like, was no, inverse, nobody wants me around. It was an inverse relationship <laughs> with my Bonvoy points. Um. <laughs> Bonvoy down bad. Yeah, Bonvoy, Bonvoy status. I need declining? them to keep
0: extending.
1: Two red gringos, <laughs> gringos on the rise. On the rise. <laughs> Oh well, that has been that has been the Two Red Gringos, uh, and uh, yep, check us out on your favorite podcast platform. Find us on Twitter at Two Red Gringos, and we will catch you guys next time.
0: Adios.